Welcome to the Tim Castle Show, where we sit down with courageous people doing inspirational things around the world. Here we go. We'll record a podcast on the go, on vacation, on holiday, on Christmas. We're away. We're in the UK. I'm visiting family. But I needed to get on here and talk about a story that I saw, which I just think is phenomenal. And it really displays the art of earning trust through storytelling, through empathy. And it's when you tell a story that's hard for other humans to tell themselves, they can resonate with that because you earn trust by being vocally self-critical, by being vulnerable in that sense. Because people can feel, well, hang on, you're telling a story that I would find challenging to tell, but you're out there showing me the lessons from it. And what I want to show you is big failures, how to overcome them. And how a guy called Shane Parrish did that while showing you how to hook your audience in. And it's a masterclass in vulnerability, trust and empathy. So I was browsing Twitter one evening last week and I saw the most remarkable thread from Shane Parrish. It displays everything I just outlined. So here's the thread. Let me just go through it. This morning at breakfast, my two kids asked me, if I had any big failures this year. And that got me thinking on social media. You only see the wins, not the failures. So let me tell you about one of my biggest flops this year. It wasn't the only one, but it was a big one. I was supposed to be a guest on the Stephen Bartlett show. I went to New York, I showed up, and I bombed the interview. It was bad, really bad. It was even worse because I admire Stephen so much. I remember walking away, asking for a copy of the audio because I thought it was bad. They decided it wasn't good enough to air. It was that bad. I beat myself up. I might be okay at giving an interview, but I sucked at being interviewed. I was a terrible guest. I beat myself up the whole flight home. That little voice in my head wasn't very kind. I needed to fix this and fast. While this was the first interview, I had over 40 interviews coming up in the next two months. Two things helped me. One, I have a 24-hour rule that I got from Bill Belichick. I can beat myself up or I can feel good about myself for 24 hours. Then I move on. That's a cl- I'm just going to jump in here. That's a really clever rule, right? It's just saying you can feel the emotion, whether it's celebration or sadness. For 24 hours, then you move on. You put it down to lessons, experience or, or wins and you put it in the memory bank and move on. Number two, since I wasn't beating myself up anymore, it was a lot easier to look back at what happened, which was about the worst thing that could have happened in the situation, and focus on things that I could do to make sure the next interview was better than that one. I wasn't looking for perfection, just progress. I cleared my calendar for three days. I went over the most compelling advice I give in private, the stuff that sticks with people that helps them, stuff that, like positioning over predicting. I went over stories of my kids that protect their privacy, but also show you that I put clear thinking into action at home. This became the basis for the parent's guide. I went over stories at work. I went over stories with friends whilst respecting their privacy. I rehearsed these stories. I want to make the ideas sticky. I changed some of the language. I recorded myself over and over, answering common questions. I listened to the words, the pitch, how much energy I had in my response. This is the work that no one sees. This is the work that I should have done before I went on the diary of a CEO and embarrassed myself. 
By the time my next interview came around with Tim Ferriss, I was ready. I'm still not as good as I want to be, but I am better than I was, and that is progress. We all have setbacks. How we respond makes all the difference. The worst way to respond is to let a temporary setback be a permanent one. Instead of focusing on the big failure, as my kids call it, focus on the things within your control that you can do to improve the outcome, even by a little. End of thread. Oh man, that is a thread and a half, right? There's so much in there that just speaks to the human in all of us because we can see ourselves in this guy and he's sharing something that's a big opportunity because going on a Stephen Bartlett show, know that that's going to get millions of downloads. It's a big deal, but he's also got the pressure of having 40 more interviews coming up with like Tim Ferriss and other big podcasters. And at the same time, he's being vulnerable enough to share that this is a real thing that happened. So let's unpack this thread. Let's explore what he did so expertly. So the hook, he begins the thread with a hook. This morning at breakfast, my two kids asked me if I had any big failures this year. And that got me thinking. On social media, you only see the wins, not the failures. So let me tell you about one of my biggest flops this year. It wasn't the only one, but it was a big one. Right, that is suspense filled. But it's not only suspense filled, it's purposeful. It's personal, it's emotive, it's reflective. He's got this reflection going on. So it draws you in. Often the deepest hooks are ones that show vulnerability. They let us in. They allow us to see ourselves in them. And so there's a build-up. Shane pulls the reader of this thread in with the promise of spilling the beans on his big failures. This is a huge topic and something that humans naturally have curiosity about. It piques our interest, it grabs us by the dopamine spike and it reels us in, hook, line and sinker. Like we are all yours now, Shane. Like you've got us in three lines on this tweet because we're we're wanting to know what was your biggest failure and, and how come you're admitting it? Because I'm not sure I would do that. So there's a massive curiosity there. So then we move into the build-up phase of the tweet. And this is where Shane really delivers the goods and puts our own senses into overdrive. I was supposed to be a guest on the Stephen Bartlett show. I went to MIC, I showed up, I bombed the interview. It was bad, really bad. It was even worse because I admire Stephen so much. I remember walking away asking for a copy of the audio because I thought it was that bad. They decided it wasn't good enough to air. It was that bad. I might be okay at an interview, but I sucked at being interviewed. And I was a terrible guest. I beat myself up on the flight home. That little voice wasn't very kind. I needed to fix this and fast. And while we're in the first interviews, I had 40 interviews coming up in the next two months. So Shane tells us how it is. He tells us that he went all the way to New York City. He showed up and then he bombed into and he has 40 interviews coming up and he really admires Stephen. These are all emotions that we can understand. We can put ourselves in Shane's shoes. The cool thing is, is he's tagging Stephen in the show. And by showing us how he's being authentic, that even that he's he's even willing to say that he asked for a copy of the audio and that the show didn't even want to air it, it was that bad. That takes a lot of guts. I admire that because these are the stakes and he lays it out. And these are the stakes, right? As a as an author, as a speaker, as someone who's an international brand, you want to be putting yourself out there and getting a gig like this, getting the opportunity to be on a big show. It's a privilege, right? And then if you go on and you bomb it and you know you've got 40 other podcasts of similar size coming up, that is a scary place to be. So he lays it out. He's authentic. 
This would be hard for anyone to deal with, let alone to put it out publicly. So he's showing us through his example how to turn failure into success and earning deep trust at the same time because it's so real. So it's the fact that he was real and he, he showed us the, the nitty gritty details that you would prefer to keep private that actually we are gaining trust for him. We trust him. Even the thing when he says, I beat myself up the whole flight home. Like this is relatable. It's understandable. We feel his pain because we understand the stakes, the motivation, the pressure of having this opportunity and then blowing it. So we feel for him. And as a result of his honesty, trust is earned. One of the comments, and the comments were really interesting in this post. One of the comments states that telling this story is hard for 99% of humans. You earn trust by vocally being self-critical. Story is the means to the end. So I think the lesson here is that you can help others by sharing your experiences. And when you get real, you earn trust. So you can be the light. Someone is in the darkness right now and you can go to them, share your story through the power of story by being vulnerable. And therefore you are the light, you are helping them. So what happens next though is absolute gold. Stephen Bartlett responds to the thread. He gives us an example of earning trust through empathy. So something I'm really big on in negotiation is empathy. And Stephen in this gives us an example of how it is for the other side, how it is on the other side of that equation. When you've, you are the interviewer and you've had someone bomb on your show and now they're calling out on Twitter and being honest about it. So by taking personal responsibility for the show, Stephen is reflecting on what he could do better and he demonstrates empathy to the highest standards and contemplation. Like as a podcast host, you are the vibe artist. You're there to pull out the insights, to to create the vibe, to make someone feel comfortable enough to share things, to feel like they're not going to bomb because it can be nerve wracking and you want to come across in the best way. And so Stephen puts on a thread here, which is commendable when he comments back and it takes guts to put it out there. And he takes responsibility and he says, hey, Shane, thanks for sharing this. Thought it might be interesting for you to know that I walked away and I blamed myself for not creating a good conversation. I felt that as if I was a little more focused on my questioning, it could have been a really valuable discussion. I followed you and I've admired you for years. So I was disappointed with myself for that. I would absolutely love to have another try. I think we can coordinate before to make it work. And if you ever want to come back on the show, please let me know when you're back in my neck of the woods and we'll make it happen at the start of next year. Cheers, kiss. Like this is, it's just gold because not only does it feel honest and authentic from Stephen's perspective, but it shows us the two dynamics here. And he's being very empathetic, but he's also taking responsibility you know, a bit like extreme responsibility. Like he's doing it because he is the vibe artist and he has a role to play on that. And so he's sharing that he was disappointed because he also admires Shane. And so for him, there's another side to this. And I think, I think this just works so well in that you've got two people here just showing you how you can build trust and you can try again and you can be objective about it, but you can open up opportunities even in failure. And so this is how you earn trust to readers, to people that are following you in your community. This is how you earn trust to people in business negotiations, in friendships, in partnerships. It's it's how you earn trust because you're able to take someone on a journey through the power of a story. And 
the trust is there because you're sharing things that most people would find hard to share. And so these guys did a stellar example of that. And I really like how Shane breaks down what he would do to nail the next 40 interviews because the two things that really helped him. So one, having a rule 24 hours, Bill Belichick, don't beat yourself up for more than 24 hours. Don't feel good about yourself. If you've, if you've won for more, just, just enjoy, do whatever emotion you've got to do for 24 hours and then move on, put it in the past, move on. And then, Focus on what you can do to change it. So clear your calendar, go over the advice, like really prepare. This is the work. As he says, this is the work that people don't see. It's the rehearsing of stories. It's making the ideas more, more pungent, more sticky, more relatable, more, more filled with, with depth. And I think this is where he, he really goes over his stories and he actually thinks about what is it that, what is the message I'm going to share here and how can I present this in the best way so that I can answer these common questions. And it's like this if you're in an interview, right? You're going to get asked certain questions over and over again. So why don't you nail them? Because they, you know they're going to come up. But how are the words going to be? How's your pitch going to be? How much energy are you going to have in your response? So the next time you go on, you have done the work, you've recorded, you've practiced, you're there, and you're a lot more smooth in the process. So I wanted to jump on. And talk this through because I just thought that was an absolutely exceptional exchange by both of these men. Thank you for listening. Please leave a comment and a review as this helps the show to grow. Hit subscribe and be sure to tune in next time for another life-changing episode. If you're looking to grow, develop, and become your best self, check out timjscastle.com for powerful online resources, the school of success, and skills that will take your career and life to the next level. Until next time, believe it is possible.